Well, I took a shower after you guys fucking uh, put my face on the screen eating a plate. Fuck. If someone takes a screenshot of that, I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) Career's over. Every sports fan has an opinion. Well, these are ours. Ours. Welcome to Brock and Pep's Unsportsmanlike Convo. And here are your hosts, Brock Fleming and Pep Cariotti. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is May 18th, 2021. It is a beautiful Tuesday evening, almost to a point where I think the AC's got to be on. So if you start seeing me sweat a lot, Pep, you got to give me the old thumbs down, take a break, go dry off. Um, <laughs> I'm Brock. Joining me, as always, is Pep Cariotti. Pep, how you doing today, bud? Good, man. You talk about a beautiful day. Yeah, I actually uh, I biked out to... Uh Mooney's Bay, and then I head over, uh, head to head over to Carlton for a second on my bike, and it was one of those. I sat, to, I stopped at one moment. I'm like, wow, this is like picturesque, sunny day. Um, glad to be out enjoying it. Looks like the restrictions are going to be loosened a little bit in the upcoming weeks. They uh, Ontario didn't give much of a firm. They kind of just said as soon as possible or something. I can't remember the terminology she used today, but it's promising at least, you know. Yeah, and uh, there's a, a posting today about uh, one of the minor football associations. So they're talking about tackle football being back on as of June 14th, and the season will resume in August. So I don't know if that's just a Quebec thing. I know he's uh, the president of the NCAFA League. Gowan is also the president of the of the Minnesota of the Gatineau Vikings. Um, so uh, <coughs> Quebec and Ontario have a little bit different rules. The Vikings do play in the Ontario. Uh, league so we'll see what happens anyway all things are encouraging um today was my turn to get the moderna (laughs) come on come on should i be concerned uh? no my my turn for moderna oh geez Uh, i couldn't i I got a shout out to Mike, the producer in the back there, to give. I like. I need something to rise some Moderna. I got nothing. Uh, <laughs> Wiser than Pfizer. It's not bad. It's uh, not bad. How you feeling? Not great. Um, <laughs> just so far, so good. Well, I'm gonna take yeah. it easy tonight, and uh, we'll see how it goes in the morning. But uh, I don't know. It's one of those things. I, I was kind of. I mean, you know, I was kind of torn, and and you know, you're never sure. Are they rushing it? Is, should I be getting it anyway? Yada yada. I got it. Um, uh, you know, Ange gets hers uh, Thursday, so mm-hmm. we'll uh, be a vaccinated family, and um, yeah, good. Hopefully, it, you know uh, it helps. You know what's wild is that I was I was researching the actual vaccine, the contents of it, because you can actually look that up online, and a lot of the stuff that's in it, your body produces. So, and we filter out like eighty percent of it, and what remains is what triggers the immune response. So, it's like it's not like this synthetic. Uh, unknown material going into our bodies, which I, you know, I only realized recently after I did some of my own research, but um, it was comforting to know that like, it's, it seems like it's all stuff that our body produces. Anyways, I'm happy for you. It's good. I want to uh, perfect segue. I want to shout out my buddy, Mike Herzog, who you may have seen on uh, CBC and CTV recently. He's running 14 kilometers every single day in May. Um, to honor Crazy. the frontline heroes. And he, what he does is he runs around the general hospital in a loop and uh, until he reaches 40K. He does it before work. And uh, he tries to get out there after. Uh, he wants to meet the nurses before their shift so he can greet them. And then he comes back out in the afternoon and, and greets them as they leave. So um, it's, it's wild stuff. He's doing it for nothing other than just 
to thank them. His wife is a occupational therapist. And my, my dear friend, Genevieve. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. He's, you know, and I, I like a couple of weekends ago, we got out there and we put signs in all the hospital campuses, uh, signs that he created. Uh, he got sponsorship for, I think it was a, I think there was a, a real estate company that made the signs. They're awesome. And uh, all the hospitals are on board. It's wild stuff. It's he's, he's an That's incredible awesome. guy. Yeah. Speaking of shout outs, I also want to shout you out, Brock. I read that article that your brother posted. I think was it this morning that he posted it? Uh, yesterday, I think, I think, think it came yesterday out. Or yesterday or this morning. Anyway, it was a really touching article, uh, uh, sort of a, uh, a deeper look into your career, your life, uh, the path you took, and how you've uh, you've turned that that career into you know impacting kids in a positive way. So, really cool article, really well written. Um, the picture's great, like it's the even the the, the frontline picture of the article, but mm. really just uh, what you're doing with with kids and uh, allowing them to you know, access development, access these types of things that, you know, that aren't necessarily accessible to everybody. Even if it's a, an inexpensive sport, which football isn't, um, you know, not everybody has access to these things, right? Yeah. So, you know, kudos to you and to Scott and uh, what you guys are doing uh, with uh, not only CFI, but football forward. And uh, it's really, really, it's really good stuff. As somebody who is involved in his community, I can honestly say it's really good stuff. So congratulations to you. It was a great article. And if anybody wants to read the article, they can hit me up or they can hit up Curtis Fleming and he can forward it or they can hit you up and you can forward it to them. Um, good yeah. article on Brock Fleming. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, it was forwarded a couple times and actually a couple people reached out. I think, uh, well, Scott Endicott's wife, Leanne, was asked if she can use it in her class today for something. And then uh, mm, cool. another gentleman who wants to use it within uh, the government procurement circles and stuff. Anyway, it was Colgate. It was an alumni thing. I, I still don't know what prompted it for them to reach out to say that they want to do the piece but um ultimately it was uh, it was an honor to to get featured in in our alumni magazine like i'm going to get a couple of hard copies there and um yeah, it was fun cool. <clears throat> but uh, you know at the same time like everything that i do uh, that or that's the article says i do isn't possible without the people that I do it with. So Scott being a, a big part of it as, as a partner, but from all the coaches, you know, I, I listed them all sort of on the Facebook <clears> thing, but these guys put in countless hours and are doing it for the right reasons. Nobody's <clears> in <throat> it to get rich. It's all about the kids and the, and these guys are our class acts. So for, uh, what CFI does at football forward. And I mean, you were part of the football forward one. So, and moving forward, you're part of that family. It's, it's the right people that you work with that makes everything. So, um, it wouldn't happen without them. Yeah, absolutely. If I had a horn, but air horn button, I'd use it. So you can just go ahead and do that for me. Don't mind. Very good. Very good. Um, again, real quickly, happy trails to Marv Albert, 60 years on the mic mainly with the New York Knicks. So if you think about Marv Albert, I mean, I just have this, I could hear his voice in the 90s when the Knicks were playing the uh, the Pacers and Reggie Miller, and then the 80s with Ewing. And back even back when I watched a retro game uh, in the 70s, Willis Reed broke his leg, came back out of the locker room, the original locker room walk, and beat um, Will Chamberlain and the Lakers. Uh, it was incredible, and it's all Marv. So he's actually stepping down after the Eastern Conference Finals this year. Um, he'll be, he'll be calling it a career. I know he had that sort of weird sort of thing in the, I can't remember. It might've been in the mid nineties where Did he bite somebody? Where, I think he bit somebody on the back, uh, yeah. you know, in a, in yeah. whatever. But, um, apart from that, I mean, he's had a, he's had a, a, a hall of fame career and 
it's sad to see these guys go. It feels I feel old when when guys like that take off and uh, and call it a day. So you know, hey, happy trails to Marv Albert. Happy and, trails um, to Marv Albert. And lastly, your our executive producer uh, brought this up in a green room. I want to break it up. Breaking mo- breaking news: Quebec is going to allow the Habs to host twenty five hundred fans uh, as of yeah as of May twenty eighth. So. You know, what are we, what's tomorrow? We're the 18th. The 19th. So. so eight games, depending on where they're at, and if they can get past the, the Leafs, I mean, and they may not even get, they may not even get to that game. You know, Maybe the that's why they them. said the 28th. They're like, oh, well, full capacity as of May 28th. And you guys are officially eliminated from the playoff. <laughs> it's very possible. So that's exciting. Anyways. Uh, um, shout out. I'm going to shout out to my uncle Greg. Yeah. It's his birthday today. Uh, happy birthday. Uncle who? My uncle Greg, my mom's brother Greg. All uh, right. Yeah, I uh, don't see him as often as I'd like to, but it's his birthday today. Also, uh, shout out <coughs> to Kevin Pilar, who was one of my favorite Blue Jays, took a 95-mile-an-hour fastball to the face uh, He's yesterday. Okay. He's okay, which is surprising. Tough guy. He played football <laughs> growing up and stuff too. Tough lad. Uh, anyway, that's why his jersey's up. And then uh, also shout out to one of our uh, our listeners and contributors, uh, Kevin Douglas, who is running a hockey pool on our site. So he's yes. posted it there, but it's uh, it's to raise money for Alzheimer's. So for those who are interested, it's an NHL playoff pool. I believe it's twenty five bucks to get in. Five of that goes right to the Alzheimer's Foundation. And, um, you know, it's, a, it's just a fun way to, to raise money for a good cause. So uh, any hockey fans or any sports fans, anybody looking to do something and, and participate in this and maybe bring a little bit more excitement or interest yeah. to the hockey playoffs, which is what I'm going to be using it for, uh, join that and, uh, you know, do it for a good cause. So appreciate Holy Kevin putting that out there. Your captain segued today, like you're just it's, it's Mr. Tran- smooth Transition, we'll hey. call you. Big, big smooth. It's that, that, that um, vaccine. It's working. <laughs> it must be it. Um, our guest today, I'm so excited about him because he's a he's a funny guy, but he's also a great guy, and uh, he has a tremendous hockey background. So before we bring him in, a little bit about our guest. He played four years of junior hockey, uh, coached by Tim Murray, former Buffalo Sabers GM, and uh, Montreal Canadian legend Michelle Bunny Larocque. Outstanding! <laughs> what a great nickname, Bunny Larocque. Um, he was an on-ice instructor at the Okanagan Hockey School in Penticton, BC, for two years, alongside some hockey greats: Grant Fuhr, Andy Moog, Pete Peters, uh, Brett Hall, and Luke Robitaille. He also completed the hockey GM and scouting program at uh, Hockey Management Worldwide. So clearly, a skilled guy knows his hockey. We specifically sought him out to come on the show because of this. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for a Troy Saint Louis. Ooh, I like it. I was expecting the Sen song there. Yeah. Pep sent me the link for the Sen song, and I was like, I couldn't even listen to it, let alone, like, put it on to our that, thing. Uh, so. Spartan? That's a guy? very... Get the hat on. Get on the hat and walk out here with no shirt on. <laughs> you know what? I actually make a point of it to share that every year. Once a year. I know you do. Make- I know you do. <laughs> It's so ridiculous. Just like me, every year I have to share the line brawl between the Sens and Habs, and I have to do it at least once. <laughs> that's, that's fine, actually. We're going to talk about that a little later, speaking of line brawls. Uh, listen, before we get into NHL playoff hockey, which has started, um, I, there's some yeah. really 
I haven't watched, admittedly, I haven't watched much of the United States side of things, uh, but there's some cool matchups in the, on that side of the bracket, but we're going to get to that in a bit. Before we talk about any of that, um, send season. If you yeah. can sum it up, you know, uh, was success, failure, or is the jury out? I think it was a success. Um, if you were to ask me 12 games into the season, man, there was panic going on. I have a, a really good buddy of mine who's really high up in the ends, And, you know, like they were nervous just because the team, you know, like they were like so hopeful that they would look like they did like at the end of the year. I mean, they didn't expect to go eight and two or eight, one and one, but they wanted them to compete hard. Right. At the beginning of the season, though, their defense was absolutely atrocious. Their mm-hmm. goaltending was horrible. They were letting in shots from the blue line. Like I could have saved half those shots. Um, you know what I mean? Like it was, it was terrible. Um, I just think it was a big, you know, like they just broke down. Um, but I think what happened too was that the kids kind of took over, right? Um, the beginning of the year, I don't think they had much faith like in playing the kids. And I, I totally get it on the standpoint of a coach. He's trying to keep his job. So he's going to put people out there that he can trust. Right. So he's going to go with the veterans and, they're always going to say, well, we're bringing the veterans in here to show the kids how to play, and the kids are going to have to outplay the veterans before they steal spots, which I totally get, but they outplayed them, like like on a nightly basis or when they got their chances. So finally, I think when the kids took over, um, you know, and the veterans were less and less, um, I think the team played really well. But, it, it I, you know, like personally speaking, I think it started like with the saves. When they started getting saves. And as soon as you start getting saves, it kind of moves out from there, right? They weren't letting in those big, long shots. Uh, the goalies were, were like keeping them in. I thought that Decord played really well there when he got his chance. Um, and then unfortunately for him, he got hurt. Uh, Gus has played fantastic there since he got his chance to come in. Murray's looked really good again, too. Uh, I mean, Murray's going to be like their wild card like going forward. Um, you know, they signed him like long term. They gave him like a lot of money. So I think I think a lot of re-signings and contracts when it comes to management coaches and stuff like that are going to rely like on Murray. I mean, if, if he falters, uh, unless one of the kids steps up, um, I think they're going to be in uh, trouble. When it comes to the forwards, I thought their forwards are unreal. I mean, Kachuk, like, you know, like I love him. I personally think, I you know, like he's their best player like by far. He's just like a heart and soul guy. I mean, you, I mean, you know, like you can look at skill guys and stuff like that, but there's always that little it factor. And I think that he brings that they're like on a nightly basis. Like the team follows him. Like you can tell when they're flat in the first period, like they'll go out and do something. And, you know, people just kind of thrive off that. Uh, Norris had a fantastic year. I mean, for a kid playing against the top centermen, like in the Canadian division, like he was playing against the big boys. He, you know, he like, you know, like he didn't get nights off. Like he had McDavid, uh, dry recital, like, like Matthews, like it was just, it was gross, you know, but he did an awesome job. Uh, Batherson, I thought was, you came along. um, he's a really good player. And it's interesting because my buddy said, you're going to love him. He said, he'll be our best player like this year. Like he just loves him. And uh, he said, he's, a, he's an awesome kid. And I thought that he, he played great. I thought he got tired looking. There was a stretch of about 10 games. Uh, there was him and Timmy Stutzla got kind of tired um but then they both kind of bounced back again Stutzla is just 
he's so so good I well mean, that was my next question like do you yeah, the I, development of Stutzla how how did he develop over the year I mean like you said at the beginning of the year they were getting shellacked it wasn't so much that they were they losing were. it was it was how they were losing oh, but Stutzla really? held his own even then he, I mean he still held he held his own he got stronger as the season went on how do yeah. you think he developed over the course of the year personally um I think he showed uh, there that he got better. I mean, he just carries the puck there with confidence. Like, he's never going to hesitate. He just goes for it. Um, I would like to see him shoot more. Um, he's a pass-first guy. I mean, like, which isn't bad, but I think if he starts shooting more, like, you'll see him up around the 35 to 40 goal range. Uh, I really see him as, like, a superstar. Like, he's going to lead that team when it comes to points, like, for years and years to come. Um, he got so what I what I was like impressed the most with him is he consistently had chances every game. Like he would consistently go out and get three or four chances there to score or like to set somebody up to score. And you generally you don't see that. Um, so like with the younger kids, you might get one or two chances like here and there. But he was consistently going out. Now you know like they weren't all going in. He was going high sometimes. He was hitting the post, whatever. But you'll see with his age and the more years that he plays, those pucks are going to start to go in. And when they start going in, his confidence is going to get sky high. I just think he's great. The only thing I think he has to work on personally is his size. Like, he's just got to get stronger. I found he flopped around a lot. Uh, when he, you know, they touched him, he would, he would fall. I didn't know if that was him trying to get penalties like, or if he was just falling around because he's actually pretty strong there when he goes into the corners there. Like he doesn't shy. And, and that's something that I love about his game too, is he doesn't shy away from the corners. Like he'll be first in on like four check and he'll hit somebody. And um, so I think he's going to be like, just. Well, like look, great. we we can look at just a year, year ago, Brady Kachuk was, you know, he was, uh, he was young. He needed to put on some weight. Uh, yeah, you know, absolutely. I remember. I remember bumping into him actually after a preseason game. It was, uh, you know, Curtis and I were actually at a preseason game, and we went out for a for a bite to eat after. And uh, he was there with uh, Craig Anderson. He wasn't a big guy; he's a slender guy. So no. he's he's put on some mass, and like you said, they, they go as he goes. And he's he's got the size to 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 back it up. It's not like his brother; he's bigger than his brother. So he yeah. can, and he's he showed me a ton. I mean, he is an exciting player. Do you think, though, and I'm only playing devil's advocate. I'm not coming yeah. at the Sens by any means. No, that's all good. Do you think that they, their their stretch run at the end where they, I think they were like 10-2-1 or something like that, like really good, they really finished strong, was yeah. a little bit of the fact that, you know, it looked like the seedings had already been set for the for the, the North Division. And, um, like, just it was just it's the end of the season, and some of the teams didn't have as much to play for. Um, I know they played Vancouver a couple times and like, do you think that was a product of, of their late season success? No. Um, yes. And no, um, no, because most of their games were meaningful games, like for the other teams, like they were still trying to, I mean, the Habs were fighting to get in until the end, which was weird. Like they just kind of dropped off for a long time and yes. you know, they, they had to fight. Uh, the jets were in the same kind of situation where they had to keep fighting to try and get a better spot and stuff. Um, were they playing a little looser for sure? So I think it, it was like, they were playing looser. They didn't feel as much pressure. I think next season, they're not going to be like eight, one and one, eight, two and oh, like every 10 games, like that's not going to happen. Like they're not that good. I believe that they're going to fight for like a playoff spot. Um, and you know, I don't, I think the key to them next year is going to be to get off on like, you know, like on a good start. I think if they falter like they did this season, 
I think you might going to have some growing pains again because then the second outing comes in and we're going to hold the stick a little tighter. But if they go out and they have some confidence, and I'm not saying go out and win eight games or anything like that, but win like maybe six out of ten or you know go six three and one or something, I think then you're going to see them there with a lot of confidence. What do you like think? They've got a fantastic team. Like Pep and I discussed this a couple times on how this season. And the format of this season, the fact that they're playing Toronto and Montreal and all the other Canadian teams on a regular basis, yeah. how does that, in your opinion, affect their the younger guys' development? So the young guys for the Sens, is that good or is it bad for them in the long run? It's good the way they finished after. So if you took the first 10 games of the season, it was bad in the sense where they were just getting dominated, right? But after that 10-game mark, they were competing on a nightly basis. I believe I saw a stat the other day that since the um, since February 13th, which is my birthday, they were the third best team, uh, like in the league or something like like that. So, like I was actually shocked by that. It was third or sixth best team, but but like I was actually shocked. So I think once that initial hump left, then then you could see them really doing well and then and then the development comes there if you're always and this doesn't just happen in hockey i'm sure it happens in basketball football baseball if you're constantly chasing the play and you're just half a step slower you're not going to develop like that's just a you know like you want to have a bit of confidence to fight hard enough there that you're going to have to work for it but at the same time you're going to be able to push through right and you know be able to win you know, some foot races and, you know, some battling. So if you're always losing those, like your development's going to go like in the tank. So I think that's what they were worried about. And that's why they're playing some veterans at the start, but the veterans just couldn't help. Right. So I think once the kids came in, I personally think that they improved. Um, there's not one kid on that team that I look at right now and say, you know what? He was terrible. Like he didn't do well. Um, I honestly think that they all did well. So, just um, just in a few words, what do you think about the North Division as a whole? Like, do you think um, there's no way we see this again? Um, it's unlikely. I think next year we'll see a bit, bit more right. of a normal season. Yeah. Do you like the North Division? Did you like the fact that teams play each other ten times? Did did some matchups lose their luster? They lost their luster once the Sens were out of the playoff. <laughs> you know, to yeah, be yeah. like at the start of the season, it was like playoffs. <laughs> like every game was like anger and you know like i liked a lot of the teams you know like a lot of the canadian teams i liked them a lot and i hate them now <laughs> and it's just because <laughs> of the rivalry right i don't know like if i could handle it on a yearly basis and i don't know the senators want to handle it because i think if they went back to the regular division i think they're gonna have a lot better time um 100 oh, so, yeah. i think that i actually that if we're just talking about the sends in in specific and we'll get off the sends in a minute here guys but well if this the sends have to play the devils tw- three or four times a year the sabers yeah, three or absolutely. four times a year you know some of the lower rung teams that the red wings who are rebuilding i mean that's that's, that's seven eight wins potentially that they didn't get yep. this year because they had to play the you know mcdavid's and uh and uh the jets a couple times awesome. like, that's, that was and whatever yeah Right? Like, I mean, that, yeah. that could attribute to, uh, you know, eight or ten wins, which would bump them up into that playoff realm. I also think it that's would. a great experience for them, and I've said it before, right? I just think mm-hmm. if you're sort of night in, night out, playing against teams that have those caliber guys, mm-hmm. but also there's a, an element of rivalry and some extra 
emotions within that game, yeah. a little extra something, and you're doing that for a full season, I think that when you do get into a regular schedule, I think if those kids have learned that every game we're bringing that same intensity all the time, that's got to pay dividends later on in my opinion in terms of development. So I'm curious to see how that works for next season. Uh, Troy, quick, quick question for you. And uh, we, we want to get onto the, uh, uh, the, the bracket the playoff bracket, but Jake Sanderson, what, what's the status right now? So he's going back to college. Um, and then sounds like he'll be in their lineup at the end of uh, the college season, like next year. And he's going to, by all accounts, like I watched the playoffs, like for college, but this guy is unbelievable. He's a stud. He's an absolute stud. Like, like he could step in like next year, like next season and be like their second best defenseman. Like he's an absolute stud. And where's he going to school right now? I don't blame him. What's that? Sorry. What school does he go to right now? He goes to North Dakota. Oh, all right. So, you know, if the, for, for anyone listening, Jake Sanderson was their second pick, um, second pick in the first round overall. Wasn't it? Fifth overall. Fifth overall? His dad, yeah, yeah. His dad is Jeff. Jeff, the Jeff speedy Sanderson. winger. Yeah. Yeah. Great player for so the Whalers. Uh, that's right. He did play for the Whalers. <laughs> he was like a 40-goal man. He was um, a 40-goal man. <laughs> yeah. But Sanderson, he's uh, he's fast, like just like his dad. You know, like they say that his offense is not there, but I watched him in the playoffs, and he was carrying the puck like end-to-end. Like it was unreal, like how fast he is and how smooth. But his one-on-one D is is the best that I've seen like with a kid like that. He's just you cannot beat him like one-on-one. Uh, we Period. have a question here, or a, we do uh, have a, a comments last question from a Facebook user uh, who did not accept the Streamyard term, so I cannot see their face. The veteran pickups for the Sens were bust this year. See uh, Stepan and Colbert. Who does Troy think they should pick up in the off season to help the young guns? That's a good question. You see, right now it looks like everybody's saying, get a D, get a D. But you know what? I don't know if they need a D, to be honest with you. Um, the problem is if you go and get somebody like Savard, so Savard's been rumored as one of the guys that they could potentially go after, like you're going to pay him decent money. He's going to want term. Um, your defense is going to be crowded really fast, right? So once Sanderson steps into the lineup next year, and JBD, they thought that he was going to need time like in the HL, but it doesn't look like he might now. They got Lassie Thompson coming. I, you know what? To be honest, I don't know what they need at this point. If anything, I would say they need maybe another – if they could get another gritty forward that can play hockey and not just somebody that's running around looking like a fool, like somebody that can actually play the game. I, I would love to – I mean, it's not going to happen, but I would love to see them go and get, like, Matthew Kachuk. I think they would be two nasty, nasty wingers flying down there for years to come. But, I mean, you know, like it's not going to happen. But they – I think by the sounds of it, they're not just going to go out and just sign a veteran to sign a veteran because they know that the team, you know, like the rookies, like, are there now. Um, I think what they're going to do is if they think that they're ready to make that step, they're going to package – some better players or picks and actually go and get somebody good. But I would, I would go with, um, you know, like a gritty forward there that can play hockey. Is that what your GM educated background says? <laughs> yeah. Right. No, <laughs> uh, that, uh... I, I actually like guys like Sam Bennett and stuff. I think that they can bring a lot. You see, I thought like Watson did pretty good to be honest with you. I know he was taking a lot of heat, you know, cause they were losing, 
the guy was blocking shots. He was just an absolute cannonball out there running around. But they've got so much young talent right now that I don't want to see them spending money uh, to just, you know, like lock it up. And then all of a sudden then they can't sign young talent and they got to go somewhere else because they don't have enough money. You know, they've got a couple contracts right now that I wouldn't mind seeing them get, get rid of, but they're kind of stuck, you know. Tyr- Tyranny, for instance, is one of them. And that just shows how much they've come along because he was probably their second best center last year or even maybe best center at one point in this year. Like he's fourth line and not even doing great. So, yeah, there's definitely promising. Oh, we got a Curtis taco salad. Taco salad. Hey, listen, Troy, while we have you here, I, I didn't want to get too much into this because I did, I did want to talk about playoffs. But while we have you here, the Tom Wilson situation, uh, obviously resolved itself with line brawls. Um, does yeah. hockey need to rethink? This question comes up all the time, right? Does yeah. hockey need to rethink the instigator rule and the role of the fighter when we see stuff like that? Yeah, you see, it's so hard, right? So I'm, well, you know, like I'm old school in the sense where I don't, like I like hockey fighting. <laughs> I, I'll be the first to say it. Like I, I like a like a good fight. I don't like the stage stuff. I think it's, it's garbage. It's useless. Um, I don't think you're ever going to take away the emotion of the game. It's such a fast-paced game. They're smashing each other. So you're always going to have those fights that just happen. I personally wouldn't mind, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but I mean, I personally wouldn't mind them coming up with a, a solution where if if you fight, you're removed for the rest of the game. So maybe that's the way that they should do it, right? So like, if they get into a fight, then they're gone. The instigator rule, I think, is garbage. I mean, so, like, if you're going to keep fighting around, I think it's garbage because it just allows people to go out and do some some cheap stuff, and then people don't want to... And then this is where the stage fighting comes into play, right? So years ago, you went out, you did a dirty hit. I might come in and try and police you or whatever. Now I can't because I'm going to get an instigator. So now I'm going to wait until we're lined up two games later and I'm going to say, I'm going to have to fight you. And you're going to say, okay, let's do it. And you're going to drop the puck and we're just going to fight. And then everybody's going to say, well, what the hell are they fighting about? Right. So that's where people get mad. Um, so yeah, you know, yeah. kind of tough. Will yeah. Wilson's a different beast. I mean, you know, like he's problem with, with, with like Wilson and guys like Reeves, they're so tough for today's game. Like years ago, um, they wouldn't have, been even like in the top five to ten fighters like that's just like a reality no because they can skate and play hockey where a lot of the other fighters couldn't do those exactly like it's you know and that's good these guys when you get a guy like that yeah like keep them like people are are definitely going to hate him like get chucks hated uh wilson's hated you know like you know guys like that are hated but you need guys like that like like in order to win Absolutely. They and they can it, assert themselves, right? I, I, well, that's it. And I think that that's where the NHL has evolved and the evolution of hockey. I mean, we, that, we could have a whole other show on the evolution For of sure. the game, not only just the players, but the actual game itself and how it's made the game better, how it's made the game worse. And for me, actually, I've, I just feel like uh, I'm not going to get into it today. I get frustrated when I talk about it, but I just feel like the league hasn't helped the player by not adjusting the ice surface and things of that nature. This is the only sport where guys wear skates. I mean, it's, there's so much faster, stronger, better skill. They, they work out all year round. It looks like there's just no room on the ice. And that's just, this is just the average dude who watches hockey a couple times a week. So, um, 
I, I feel like the game has evolved, but the surface and some of the rules haven't yet. Haven't yet. Yeah, for sure. And the surface be, I mean, and the again, size just, of it hasn't matched up with the advances in technology from a, even just a skate perspective. You know, that rink is going to be a lot bigger if you're wearing those leather back long skates that <laughs> they aren't sharpened to That's any right. sort of thing. Like it's right. a long way to get the other end, but now with the technology, you're just, you're there in three, four strides. It's, uh, well, it's yeah, there's that, it's, but you know, like it's kind of going backwards in the sense where, you know, like when I played, first of all, guys couldn't skate the way that they skate today. Um, we weren't strong like they are today. And when they dumped it in, like you could tie them up as they're coming in to slow them down. Well, now you're, you, you know, like you can't touch them. So now they're dumping it in and they're coming at you like a rocket. Okay. And they're throwing a 220 pound frame of pure muscle at you. And they're just demolishing. And that's why like concussions are like happening. It's not because somebody drops the gloves and throws a punch. It's because they're getting smoked in the corners, like left and right. Like those are the dangerous plays, you know, yeah, and they that's happen a- like in the playoffs, they happen like on a, like a shiftly base, like dump it in, crash, dump and crash. You dump it in against the best defenseman so you can hit him the most times. So hopefully by game three or four, he's worn down and then he's not clearing as much. You know what I mean? Like that's just the way that they do it. Yeah. And that's, and you know, that's, again, it's, it's the evolution of everything, the player, the, the strength, the equipment, the, the equipment in particular. I mean, geez, if you think back to the eighties and nineties, you know, Guys who had cannons. What are the guys that come to mind right right off the bat? Al Iafredi, Mc, uh, yeah, uh, McInnes, McInnes, Anybody else? Uh, like off the top of your head, really howitzers. Like that's it. Yeah, like, those are the guys. Now everybody. I, I mean, Chris Neal could shoot the puck 100 miles an hour with the with the quality of the sticks and the, their their conditioning, the torque that they can that they generate from their from their shot. I mean, I've, you see wrist shots that look like slap shots back in the 80s. It's crazy. So, it's unbelievable. You know, it's unbelievable. And it's, and it's great. It's just, I mean, and the goalies are huge. The last the That's last the dynamic thing. goalie was what, Brodeur, Hashik? Everybody else now is butterfly and, and you know, make yourself as big as you can be. So, That's right. I don't know. Again, this is, it could be, a, we could do a podcast on this, Brock. You know, Brock and I have talked about this at nausea and... Uh, <laughs> It's uh, it's really a hot topic for me, anyways. But um, look, we're we're up against it time wise. But I did want to get oh. to the uh, to the brackets here. You're you're a great guest, yeah. buddy. It's informative and and just great. I'm just gonna look, pull up the brackets here. Okay, so we have oh, it's a very interesting couple of matchups uh, on the uh, I guess the United States side of things here. Uh, matchups that certainly intrigue me: Boston and Washington. Yeah. Yeah. Who do you like in that series? It's 1-1 right now. Caps. Um, It's all overtime, too. I mean, Bruins, like, you can never count them out. Just they've been there. They've done that. Caps, to me, are the the cream of the crop there. Um, Soft spot for Craig Anderson. Another big, big body who can go crash, score goals. Wilson, these guys are nasty. Brock, who did you say? Sorry. I said, uh, is there a soft spot there for Craig Anderson? That was the most I watched the no. hockey. I saw them. I said, "Oh, I said, <laughs> no. I said, is that Craig Anderson in that? Is he play? Is, no. is he going to start? Actually, to- so that to me is the only way that Boston's going to win this series is if Anderson plays the whole series. Because even though he won the first game and he did okay last game, I find he he's just a little shaky looking. Like he just doesn't look like the old Craig. I mean, he's older and he didn't get a lot of reps like this season. So I definitely, this is going, hoping that they get their goaltending back. Um, if not, you 
I mean, it wouldn't shock me if the Bruins beat them, but I just think Washington is too big, too strong, and I think that they're going to plow through them. Pittsburgh is nasty still back there, too. Pittsburgh and the Islanders, I find that really interesting because the Islanders had a good regular season. Pittsburgh always comes up big in the playoffs. Even uh, you know, last year aside, the bubble was an anomaly. I don't think it's that's the norm. But uh, who yeah. do you like in that series? I personally like the Islanders. Um, I think Lou's built a really good playoff team. Yes, uh, they you know they don't have superstars except for maybe one or two, but they're a playoff team, um, and they have the goaltending. Um, I think Pittsburgh's goaltending was a little weak at the start. Uh, I mean, you can never count Crosby. He's fantastic, right? Um, and I really like the uh, yeah when they went and got Carter. I think Carter's going to add a lot to that team. But I really like the Islanders. I just think that they're going to beat them. Carolina like and uh, Carolina and yes. the Predators and Smashville, Nashville. Carolina's um, up one zip. They had the full full barn yesterday. Yeah. So I think Carolina's going to smoke them. I think Nashville's time is done. Um, I think that it's windows them. closed. Yeah, sure. It definitely. Kind of like I saw that with the Sens like years ago. It's kind of the same thing there. I think the windows closed on them. Brock, did, I forgot to ask you. Brock, did you? Who do you take in uh, Pittsburgh, New Islanders? Uh, I'm going for Pittsburgh. My son's a yeah. Crosby fan. I, I mean, so am I. So, hmm. you know, I'm going yeah. for Pittsburgh. Fantastic player. Yeah. Uh, Troy, real quick, the Penguins. Getting rid of Marc Andre Fleury back in the day was—is this one of the biggest mistakes they've made? Yeah, I think it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think they thought he was done, and he's shown that he's not done at all. He's been fantastic. With where Vegas. does he real again? I know we're showing that. Where where does he rank in like all time goalies for you? Ooh, like how high would he be for you? Pretty low for is me he? at this point. But I, I would have to go over and look over stats. But I mean. Maybe push in top twenty at the bottom of top twenty, like maybe fifteen further. consecutive like playoffs. I wouldn't assume that he'd be in the top twenty, but now thinking about it, he might be around the bottom of that. But he I might mean, even be higher than that. I mean, something to to think about. I just I know yeah. it came up that he's the only goalie to ever be in fifteen consecutive playoffs. That's right. Um, you know, and and you look at I think he's like third in in wins now, and something else like he's he's creeping up and. He's one of my favorite goalies, probably yeah, of all time. Like since his junior days, where he's he just did a that solid blooper. guy, too. right? He's hard to not like, right? Exactly. He's always smiling. He's always happy. Like he's, you know, like he's just a nice guy. You just want to root for him, anyway. Yeah, uh, just a sure. couple of randos there, but go ahead. Yeah, Sorry, love it. Uh, Tampa and Florida was a hard hitting affair right from the get go. I guess they played each other just before the playoffs, and it got, got, it got physical. Um, Joel Kenville coaches the uh, Florida Panthers. Yeah. And uh, he's notorious for pulling goalies. Like, he pulled uh, Corey Crawford and played uh, Scott Darling when he was coaching the Blackhawks. That's right, he did. Yeah. Yeah. So now he's doing the same thing in Florida, I guess. He's not happy with whoever their starter is, and he's putting in Dreiger. Dreiger, I can't remember. Dreiger played really, really well. The Sens dumped him a couple years ago. He's had a fantastic year. He's going to sign a big contract. I wouldn't sign him for a big contract, but he's had a great year. Uh, Bobrovsky played game one. He looked really shaky. You can't be shaky against Tampa Bay. I personally want Florida to win. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, you know, like there's, they're just a, a good, solid, hardworking team. But watching game one, I don't think there's any chance in Which hell is, they're going to win. Because when you a, see Stammer come back and Stammer's on one side and Kucherov's on the other side on that power play, that's just gross. Like oh. it was unreal. It was scary to watch them. I can't they're watch so Tampa. Good. I can't watch Tampa because Sergeyev. I can't watch him. I can't watch him. He's so good. He's so Man, he's smooth. so good. I thought of you there the other night when I watched him. He has this this edge to his game too, and I'm like, 
Man, if the Habs had him and Kachuk right now, can you imagine? But forget about it. Uh, it's it's painful. It's painful. Uh, Drouin's not even with the roster on the roster. I don't think so. It's uh, no, that's right. He's not. Jesus. Um, so uh, just really quickly, sorry, who are you picking in that? You think Tampa? Tampa Bay. Tampa okay, Bay. great. And then uh, we'll, we'll finish off the top bracket here. Uh, sorry, we're pushed for time, Troy. We could talk uh, for hours. Sorry, sorry you're, the, you're the best. Sorry, nothing. <laughs> um, Colorado and St. Louis started Abs. yesterday. Colorado. Abs were unbelievable, man. They looked really oh, good. Oh, McKinnon's so good. It's scary. Yeah, And they he looked they like a uh, dominating uh, kid who's eight years old playing against eight-year-olds and going through them like they're nothing. Like, there's always that one kid around who just can go through the whole team. Like, that was him there yesterday. It was gross. You think the Leafs regret trading Kadri? Oh, they should. Considering the return, I guess, right? They go, they got Tyson Berry. Was that the return yeah, for Yeah, they him? got Tyson Berry who's with the Oilers now. Yeah, I know. Like, that's exactly like what they need. It's that yeah. tough centerman, right? Yeah. I think he got a bad rep. I uh, anyway. We'll For sure, he did. He time, needed but. to be out of the Toronto limelight and market to yeah. do what he's doing. Yeah. So I think you're absolutely right. I think yeah. that was a True. It was a big spotlight, and it was the, you know every time he pressure. did something kind he's of a hometown guy too, right? He's yeah, he's yeah. from the area, so that's a lot of pressure. Um, Vegas and Minnesota. Minnesota took game one. Minnesota has that kind of Columbus feel to them. You yeah, know, they beat so Tampa a couple of years ago. What do you one think nothing about in overtime. Yeah, I think I mean Minnesota really did well against them in the regular season. I still think Vegas is going to pull through. I would love to see, you know, like the Wild win, but I just don't see it happening. I can't believe we we've uh, we're we're almost out of time. We haven't even talked about the Leafs and Habs. You mentioned to me today that just I'm I'm just embarrassed to be a Habs fan. The fact that they're not putting in. Kutkaniemi struggled, okay, yeah. it, mightily the last half of the season. Uh, but and it Caulfield, wouldn't hurt for him to sit a game. I think so. I, I absolutely agree with that. Uh, but not playing Romanov, they're not strong defensively. That's their weak, weakest point. He was good for them, and and Caulfield brought energy and he a couple of overtime goals. He could have been a really good story. The fact those guys are sitting out for the, for the first, I, I don't understand. It is sad. What's the thought process other than wanting bigger guys in the lineup? I have no idea because you're basically <laughs> taking out possibly your hardest hitter and you're sitting them in the stand. That kid is nasty. Like yeah. he can hit and that's exactly what they need in the playoffs against Toronto speed to get the wingers slowing down as they're coming in. Right. So they're taking him out and then they're taking out this gifted goal scorer. Like this kid's a machine. He's good. Like, I don't care if he's five, four or five, six. I don't give a crap. You know, like this kid can score and and he, you know, like he plays like with excitement and, but you see, they're playing safe. And when you play safe to me, you, you're going to die. Like you're not going to succeed playing safe. That's so they're it. putting in these veterans that are a bit bigger, slower. They're not going to do anything for you. Get it off the boards and out. All No, man, you got to go for it. You're playing against Toronto with like elite talent. You got to go for it. And the Oilers and Jets. Oh, I think the Oilers are going to steamroll them. Really? Yeah, I do. I just think that McDavid is so good right now that the Jets have no are gonna have no answer for him. Did he have 100 and points? the Jets are really banged up. Like I like the Jets a lot, but I think they're really banged up. A couple of their big boys. Um, now that's not to say I think the Oilers are gonna go further than that because I don't think they're deep enough. But I just think McDavid's so hot right now that the Jets are gonna have a really hard time to contain his speed. Brock, did, McDavid, did McDavid have 100 points? 
Did he get 100 points in this 56 game? He had 104 or 106 or something. He had, he, at one point I saw the thing where it said he'd be leading the league in scoring if uh, if he only had his assists or something like that. There was somewhere wow. he was still. And then they yeah. showed like uh, the, the, the top point getters had X amount of points. It was like 33, blah, blah, blah. And McDavid had 38 in like a 15-game span. So it wasn't even like the same amount of McDavid games everybody had else. It more was insane. points than six or seven teams top uh, scores in the you know, whole season in his last 15 games. I got to give love to <laughs> look the, look the Leafs the Leafs are sort of under the if a team could be under the radar at, at in uh, first place it's the Leafs. But that team I got to give Austin Matthews some credit only because I mean he put the puck in the net. He did his job this year for the I think for yeah. you know and he did it well and I mean I, do I like their team? I think they're, I think they're scrambled in nets right now. I think, uh, you know, Freddie is healthy, but he's a backup. I don't know how, how happy he must be about that. I don't know if Campbell is, is the guy to go to. Um, but what do you think about the Leafs to bring in Simmons and Thornton and all of these guys to join Tavares and the, and the talent that they already had? Do you think the Leafs eight can, can beat uh, the Habs? Would we even, do we even have a winner? Who do you think is going to win that series? The Leafs have no excuse to not be successful this season, but I think they won't be successful this season. <laughs> it's just one of those teams. Um, they've got a lot of floaters left, but they've got some really high-end talent. I really like Simmons, and he's getting older, but he's the playoff kind of guy you want. Thornton, yeah, he's older, but he's, he's that kind of playoff guy. So I think that they have the talent to win. You know what? I think Montreal's got a ton of talent. They're, that's the team, and I can't stand both of them. But Montreal's got a team that if they play their game and Anderson starts scoring again, like that guy is an absolute monster. I love him so much. But he's, you know, he's, he's kind of dropping off a bit. If Carey Price can come in and play like Carey Price can and not, you know, off and on, like if, if he comes in, he's got the talent to steal that series. And I shouldn't say steal because it's not like they're a bad team that's coming in against a really superstar team. I mean, they have a chance there to win that. I mean, that's a coin toss. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say they're going to beat them. I I think the Habs are going to win. Oh, Interesting. I think I think Carey Price is going to get hot and uh, they're going to win. That's fa- I, I find that fascinating. I having watched them this year, I, they struggle on defense. They're they're not fast foot back there with uh, with Kulak and the guys like that. I they just don't they don't impress me. Um, they disappear all too often. They can't hold lead. If they go up one zip, it's it doesn't matter. They go up two zip, it doesn't matter. The team uh, the team they're playing is going to be up three two at some point. So they're always playing catch up. I'm going to go with the Leafs. Brock, who are you taking in that series? I, I got to go with the Leafs. I'm a Habs fan, but yeah, I'm going for the Leafs because I'm more of a Leafs fan than I'm a Habs fan. <laughs> okay. But at the same time, uh, I was kind of laughing about this. It's like I want the Leafs to win, but I also have a distaste for Leafs. I want to say fans. Yeah, Leafs Nation <laughs> to a point. So would it not be kind of the perfect scenario if the Leafs win the cup this year, but because Ford has everything locked down, there's not a person around the that can actually see them in live or even have a celebration <laughs> parade. So it's kind of like it never happened. That would be poetic justice, eh? Wouldn't that be poetic? Yeah. Oh, you won, funny. but nobody cared because you couldn't do anything. Hey, Troy, you know what? You've been so good. We want to keep you on for a little overtime. Can you hang with us a little bit longer? 
Yeah, for sure. Sorry yeah, about just, the length, guys. No, I didn't no, know no, I was no. Rambling that much. No, you know what? This is <laughs> this has been this has been so good mm. that you you are so good. You're taking out a, a whole segment um, that we that we just <laughs> you're be, you're better than what we had planned. So let's just put it that way. Um, great stuff. It's Stanley Cup hockey playoff. I mean, it's it's intense. The intensity level is like next level. It's it's the be- It's one of the best uh, playoffs in all of sports um, in terms of intensity and uh, you know grit. And you've, you've seen a team set, you know potentially seven times. Um, you, there's rivalries there. I, I just hope. I just hope that. Um, I don't know. I, I I just I'm not into it. And I, I'm going to be perfectly honest. I, I was going to ask my, him can, that. I hope I can get my juices, uh, you know, flowing with with certainly with the Habs and and, uh, and Leafs. But um, fingers crossed because I really want to get into it. I really do. The Habs are a fun team to watch, like you say, Anderson and Toffoli. And they can throw their weight around. Weber's going to be in the lineup. Um, yeah. It could be interesting price. They're veterans, right? Perry, all these guys. It'd be fun to watch Stahl. But I'm just I'm having a hard time getting into it. I've been talking to Brock about it all the time, about how frustrated I am getting in, involved in hockey. But you, my friend. Uh, just amp me up with your with your passion about hockey. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, like I, I I totally get it. This is the first year, so to me, like I love sports, man, across the board. To me, there's nothing better than the first round of the NHL playoffs. I don't know what it is. The first round series are just the best. Teams go out, they're hitting. It's fast. It's crazy. This year, I don't have that vibe. It's the exact same thing. And I think the other night, Florida and Tampa Bay kind of had that vibe to it. So Big it was time. like, oh, wow, this is, this is, this is great, right? Um, but it just it's missing something this season. And I don't know if it's because the beginning of the year was so intense with all the Canadian teams playing against each other. So you were all, you know, you had that vibe going at the start and this hatred going yeah. on and stuff. And then all of a sudden, like my team kind of crapped the bed and then they were out of the playoff line. And then it was just like, okay, well, now I'm just looking for the prospects. And, you know, like, so, you know, like, like I do feel that too. I mean, it's not just that you, like, definitely, okay, like, you feel that, right? I mean, and Pittsburgh just scored, so they're up. Nice. I, I couldn't have said it better. I can't put my finger exactly on yeah, what it is? is. But when, I mean, normally a Washington, Boston, like, I don't like Boston. Yeah. So a Washington, Boston going to overtime would very much excite me. And then I, I went up and got a, I don't know, a snack or something came back. I'm like, oh, is it over? And I was kind of like, eh, whatever. You know, like it just, it didn't have the same no. oomph to it. And there's, you know, again, yeah. the games and the overtimes, again, that's two overtimes in that game, uh, a 0-0 overtime with uh, with Vegas and many, like these are games that should be us on the edge yeah. of our seat and like into it. And it's just not the case. And I don't know if it's the fans, like even, I know fans, Washington maybe, has fans, fans, but for sure, they're, they're higher up. Like they're, they're like, there's 5,000 like fans, but they're not there. It's just the fans are going crazy and the announcers are like getting into it. <laughs> you know, like you can see the camera shaking a bit sometimes, right? You're, it's just wild. But when you don't have those 20,000 yeah. fans screaming, you know, waving towels and stuff, you just don't get that same hype from it i guess right i was at the bell center really in 2014 for montreal boston and uh, oh. it was deafening Nuts. it was a playoff game yeah. it was deafening and they montreal won and it was absolutely insane and i do i do think the fans that it has to have a factor for me anyways because uh you know i'm not excited about watching it and i you know maybe maybe may 28th i will be anyways um brock you want to take us to 
The goat oh. of goats. I need a, I need an echo machine. I can do that somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't have quite the same vibe there. The goat of goats. Um, uh, I know you've uh, followed the show, so we've been kind of working our way down. We used the scores version of the goat of goats brackets, and they had all the votes on it, and they had their own winner. We've been doing it sort of internally and including our guests to kind of be tiebreakers if need be um, or unanimous um, wagon jumpers too. Anyway, we are in the semifinals, so we have two. We're going to finish it off today. Uh, We have enough time. We don't have to go too deep in this, but we're going to start with the one semifinal. It's Wayne Gretzky versus Roger Federer. I think this one is probably going to be a little bit easier for us uh, considering we just got off a whole puck talk uh, thing. Yeah, But... I could be wrong. So we got Wayne Gretzky versus Roger Federer. Who would move on in your goat of goats? And this, I personally would pick Gretzky. He just don't. I mean, Federer is unbelievable. Like he's going to go down history as one of the best athletes ever. Like his longevity is insane. Like he's just, he's, he's just still playing. great. He's still playing. Like he's fantastic. Right. But Gretzky, Gretzky dominated his era so much. It was it was just unbelievable, right? And and you always hear, yeah, but hockey wasn't good as good back then. Yeah, but how come there weren't more Gretzkys then? Like Gretzky just dominated. Like it yeah. was it was wild. Like so, I would go with Gretzky personally. Pep. Yeah, I, I, just for that alone, you know the the fact that it's all relative to the era, right? Like it's yeah, Gretzky dominated that era, just like McDavid's dominating this era. How come? Well, McDavid ten years from now, maybe they'll be having the same conversation. Well, in this era, he's the best. <laughs> So yeah. Gretzky, yeah. you know, four years at 200 points in consecutive or something crazy. That's insane. So I'm going to go with Gretz with an asterisk because Federer has been playing high level tennis against high level competition for 20, 20. Uh, yeah. Almost 20 years. It's insane yeah. what he's done. Insane. So that's a tough one. Like, I'm going to go with Gretz. Yeah, I'll agree with the, the Gretzky. I think that's whatever. I figured that's kind of where that was going to go. The other semifinal. <laughs> so who will be going up against Wayne in the next one? Uh, is Muhammad Ali versus Tiger Woods? Ooh. I would go Muhammad Ali, and the only reason being is because Tiger Woods was more dominating than anybody for a stretch of time, but then he fell off the earth. And I know his injuries and stuff, but his longevity I just found wasn't there. And there was a lot of hype around him. He's great. I don't follow golf. I'll be the first one to admit it. I don't like it's not that I don't like golf. I just don't play golf. I don't follow golf. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you got the buzzer. What's up? <laughs> you got the buzzer. Oh my god. He doesn't pull that up for anybody. Crazy. <laughs> no, no. That's fine. But, I'm know, going that's totally fair. It is totally fair. Yeah. And, and it, this is not an easy choice to make. Like it's, no, it's not. we're I mean, down in the semifinals. Great, uh, look, I'm going. I'm going Ali only because. Well, not only because, like, he fought 15 rounds against Joe Fraser, like bloodbaths, but complete bloodbaths. Like, there's he shouldn't. Ali fought three, four years too long, and that's what caused. That's what sped up his Parkinson's. Yeah. And I mean, he he put himself out there. He took the money, unfortunately, with the Larry Holmes fight, and he got just annihilated. Um, some some ugly stuff, but prior to that, you know the the ten year stretch where he was the champ, the Thrilla in Manila, the you know the Rumble in the Jungle where he beat Foreman. We've all seen that. Got to go Ali, and if please don't tell me it's Ali Gretzky in the final. That's gonna impossible to pick. 
Is that well, what we're looking at? I guess so, because you guys have already picked Ali. Mine, I was going Tiger Woods. As much as Tiger Woods. As much as I explain. love Ali, um, from a, I guess from a, um, I don't know, a progressive standpoint, I know Ali did a lot of stuff, you know, with, uh, um, you know, Malcolm X and those kind of guys, and, and moving that along. For Tiger Woods, for me, was um, Ali goes one-on-one in the ring. You know, a 15-round bloodbath, but it's him against Foreman. Tiger Woods is going up against 150 golfers every week. So he's got to beat those 150 golfers in the various stages to get through to the next round, whatever, and then win a tournament. You have to take out those people. The amount of times that, you know, they say uh, uh, sun shines on a dog's ass once a day or once whatever it is. (laughs) One of those guys can just be hot one day. And Tiger Woods had to continually beat those. And plus he's doing it in a, a sport and transcended the sport and brought golf to sort of the next level. Like Ali was in the heyday of when it was good. Boxing has since not kept that up. I know Ali's not there anymore, but it just hasn't stand the test of time where Tiger Woods, even when he's not playing, yeah, the excitement's not quite there, but there is a whole other generation, a whole other group of people who are playing golf now. Uh, minorities, more minorities are playing golf, and that's all because of what Tiger Woods did and sort of trailblazed that. But to me, it came down to the fact that when Tiger Woods is winning, he's beating 100-plus people. When Ali's winning, he's beating one in the ring. So uh, for me, that's where the, the Tiger Woods argument came in. But I'm one guy and you're two, so I got, uh, I'm out of it. <laughs> you know, my thing with Tiger Woods... Was that one guy there that Ali's fighting... Has had to beat the 150 guys to get there, right? So, but each one is one on one. If Tiger Woods, bums. if Tiger Woods just had to go <laughs> through and say, "I'm going to beat you," and then I'll beat you, and then I'll beat you, but it's everybody at the same time and saying, "You know what? It's a Royal Rumble," and say, "Which one's going to do it?" Like it's, uh, I don't know. Well, it it's, might, it's interesting. That's the an PGA interesting is one of the hardest things to win. Sport. Anyway, yeah, I mean, it's all right. So we, we're down to Gretzky and Ali. Let's finish wow. this sucker off. Jesus, Gretzky, Ali. Greatest of all time. Who's it going to be? Pep, you start. Oh, man. Well, that's hard. That's hard because I'd have to throw in MJ. Those three would be my finals. But I got to put... MJ was already taken out like eight rounds ago. So let's leave MJ out of the conversation. (laughs) Which is ridiculous. But I'm I'm going to give it to Gretz. And here's why. His, His records will never be touched. Like those, his record, his, his points record. I mean, it never, no one's kind of come close to his records. So I just, for that fact alone and the, and the success in the eighties and the four cups and, you know, basically revitalizing hockey in, uh, in California by himself, I'm going to go Gretz. Uh, very tough one. I see Tom Brady coming around the back there. Well, sorry. No, Tom Brady was um, out. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> and actually, that will be now a soundbite. We are going to start the show with that next week. I'm going um, Ali. I'm going to go Ali because I want to make Ali. you the tiebreaker should there be. Oh. Well, there is a tiebreaker. I'm going Ali. I'm wearing the Ali shirt. Even though I picked Tiger Woods to beat Ali there, I figured Ali would be moving on. Um, We're down to the final minute here, by the way, eh? aren't we? This is yeah. it. Yeah. So this is we're I'm going out go on Gresk. your choice. The reason why I'm going to go Gresk, nobody's even come close. Actually, Mario had 199 points, but nobody's even hit 200 points. Gretzky's done it multiple times. He just dominated. 
from the time he was 18 years old until the time he retired, nobody touched him. The longevity of his career, um, he held his head with class the whole time too. There was no like bad media about him. He was just a classy dude who put up the numbers. He's still a classy dude today. So I go with Gretzky. How Canadian. It really is. I'm, I'm glad that Gretzky won this. I'm glad All right. Won this. Well, I think Gretzky won the score one as well. I think from a Canadian standpoint, you're going to have a lot of Gretzky supporters. Um, you know, uh, hey, we finished on a hockey show. It's going to be Gretzky. Next week, we'll have a golf one, and we'll see what happens when we redo these goats. <laughs> <laughs> He's still bitter about that. Jack oh. Nicholas is the greatest golfer of all time. All right. Discussion. Cap City Beats, we are getting off of this. Uh, tune in in uh, about 15 minutes if you're a so- soccer fan. I can't even say it properly. A soccer fan. The soccer snobs are on at 8.15, giving a live hey, show test. Um, so good luck with that. We're going out to another Sikic Jam uh, that was on uh, YouTube. It's a bit of his Kanye mix. Um, and Troy, thank you so much for being a guest. It was great. Will not be the last time. Everybody else, have a great evening. We don't want to hear that weak shit no more. Awesome, the Christian and Christian Dior. Damn, they don't make them like this anymore. I ask, cause I'm not sure. Do anybody make real shit anymore? More, more, more. No one man should have all that power. Don't act like I never told you. No one man should have all that power. Everybody says, who does he think he is? I just told you who I thought I was. A God. I just told you that's who I think I am. How could you be so honest? Oh, how could you be so honest? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. How could you be so honest? How could you be so honest?